Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Happy Tuesday. God is still in control, y'all. God is still working miracles. He's still opening doors. He's still closing doors. He still is waiting for us where we've backslidden in an area of our lives. He's waiting for us to come back with open arms. Just whenever you go back, just make sure you go back humble. Make sure you go back in gratitude. This is good news. This morning, really quickly, I say really quick, really quickly. I want to encourage you. I want to encourage myself not to prepare to fall. Not to prepare to fall. How many times have you heard the devil made me do it? How many times have you heard he tempted me? She tempted me. They kept asking me. They kept calling me. They kept texting me. I kept getting a letter in the mail. I opened up my email. Oh, there it was again. Do not prepare to fall. And what I mean by that is this. I will give a perfect example. You know, it's wrong to commit adultery, but yet you keep accepting phone calls. You keep going out on dates. And then when you get so convicted, which if it happens long enough, it turns into condemnation. And then you're so caught up and entangled, you just feel like you can't get out of it. So you spend years and years and years in an adulterous, wrong, ungodly relationship. So you keep on seeing this married woman, this married man, and something deep inside keeps telling you, I need to cut this off. I just don't want to do this. Don't you want somebody for yourself? Your friends will ask you, your homegirl will ask you, your homeboy will ask you, man, don't you want your own woman? How long are you going to let that woman keep stringing you along? How long are you going to let her keep dangling herself in front of you? How long are you going to keep letting this man? You've been doing this for two or three years or girl. How long are you going to let him keep telling you that him and his wife, they sleep in separate bedrooms. How long are you going to fall for that? Listen, let me tell you something. We hear that, not we, because I thank God that that is not my struggle, although I have my struggles in other areas, but that is not one of them. But we continue forward in that wrong relationship. And then we continue to take the phone calls, go out on the dates, meet them over here, go over there, meet them at the mall, meet them behind a potted palm, meet them over to your brother's house, meet them at your sister's house, meet them at your homeboy's house. And you know that it is a wrong relationship. You know that that's not the wife for you. You know, that's not the husband for you. And then when you continue to get convicted, 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 you start placing blame on everybody else, but where the blame really needs to go. Because the Bible says that when we're led away, we're, it, nobody else made us go put the key in the ignition and go hook up with that person and sleep with them. We were led away by our own lust. Something in us wanted that. We wanted them. We wanted that connection. We wanted that what we would say that kindred spirit. Oh, they just know me. 
Oh, they just understand everything. But that is not the wife or the husband that God ordained for you. And for some people, God ain't even told you that you're supposed to be married because you're not healed from other stuff. But that's another story. So do not prepare to fall. You know that it's wrong for you to keep doing certain things on your job. You got to sneak to do it. You got to hide to do it. You got to tell them, girl, cover me. You got to tell them now. you just go ahead and you clock me in and you keep on doing this. And something inside says, don't do that. You better stop that. Because if you this is very simple. If you got to hide to do it, that is a key indicator that something is wrong about it. And then when you get convicted, you say, well, so-and-so told me that they did it. So-and-so said that it was all right to do it. But what did the Holy Spirit say to you? Warning comes before destruction. Warning comes before we get in trouble. God sent somebody in the break room that said to you, oh, you know, the vice president is in the building today. Oh, you know, central office is in the building today. Wake up. That was God's warning to you. Hey, don't do that. You are going to get caught with your hand in the cookie jar. Don't prepare to fall. It's one thing when you prepare to fall. I'm buying Victoria's Secrets because I'm going to go meet somebody's husband. That's preparing to fall. Then you say, oh, the devil made me do it. But then it's a different thing when you say, you know what? I fell short, meaning you weren't going to look to sin. You weren't going searching out somebody else's wife. You weren't going searching out to do something that was wrong. You just it's one of those things where they say, you know, you just got caught slipping. You got you just got caught up. There is a difference. And let me say this. God showed me clearly last night what I'm up against. He showed me who the he showed me. He let me hear the lion's roar, because every time you give somebody words of encouragement, don't you know that the enemy's going to come to cut you down? Don't you know the enemy is going to come to you and get right in your ear and say, how you going to tell so-and-so-and-so when so-and-so-and-so, how you going to tell so-and-so-and-so when remember when you did so-and-so-and-so, let me tell you something. And this is a hard thing to understand. Sometimes it's a hard thing to hold on to. It's a hard thing to grasp and to say, God, I get it. I hear you. I will not let so-and-so stop me from ministering your word, but it's a hard thing when somebody has taken something that you have said, something that you did, and you know, and I know that it was done. It was done and there was no malice intention. There was no sexual intention. There was no illicit, explicit intention. Your heart wasn't even in the wrong place that it was something that you or I said or did. And it was totally innocent. It meant nothing. The conversation meant nothing. It meant nothing. The text may have meant nothing. The email meant nothing. The conversation meant nothing. But the enemy will come and take that and say, ah, oh, oh, yeah, look at that. Oh, yeah. See, I told you. Uh, see, yeah, I knew it. I just the enemy. Let me tell you this. 
when the enemy already knows, they may not even know the fullness, but when the enemy catches a glimpse that God's hand is on your life, the enemy, if they are not choosing to know you and asking God to show them you through God's eyes, they're waiting in the balance. Hear me what I'm telling you. They are waiting in the balance to take one thing one innocent thing and hang you with it. And they take that one thing and they say, see, this is the reason why I did what I did. This is the reason why I sent the text. This is the reason why I sent the email. This is the reason why I went and knocked on the door. This is the reason why I drove around the corner. They take that one thing that they've been sitting there waiting on pins and needles and they take it and they give it license and they use it. They use it to justify the years of bitterness and anger and malice and frustration and living in sin. They take that one thing that you did that was innocent and because they don't hear from God and because they don't see through God's eyes, they don't, they've chosen not to pray. God, show me why this happened. Show me why this was said. Show me why that text meant that. Show me what the email meant. Show me what the letter that came in the mail really meant. God, you give me your vision. Give me your insight because they have not prayed that prayer with sincerity. They don't know. They don't know. They do not know. They will not understand what it means to walk in the truth of God. That's point blank period. You struggling and you worrying about, well, how come they don't believe me? Well, how come I got to keep telling them the same thing over and over? It is because. They have chosen not to see you through God's eyes. We're still talking about preparing to fall. Don't prepare to fall. Don't prepare to fall. But it's a difference in preparing to fall and then you just fail. You just made a mistake. It was just a mistake. But you have to hold on and you have to not let the enemy keep you boggled down and their their willingness and, 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 and their tenacious spirit of not surrendering themselves to Christ. You can't get boggled down in that. Let me just say that there is going to be a part two to this. And I already know that the enemy is going to come at me 10 different ways, 10 different ways, 10 different ways. So anybody under my voice, please pray for me. Please pray. I'm asking for sincere prayers, heartfelt prayers that God would cover me, that he would keep me in the name of Jesus. So as I prepare as I'm on my way out the door, I want to say to you, surrender your life to Christ. I want to say to you, find somebody to be kind to today, just because I want to say to you today that this too shall pass. I want to say to you today that weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. I want to say to you today that all is not lost. I want to say to you today that God is going to fight our battles for us. It is his good pleasure. I want to say to you today that it is the enemy's job 
to confront us, to make us feel less than, to make us feel unworthy. That's his job. He's doing his job. So we're going to do our job to stay faithful unto Christ. Until next time, you all pray for me. I'm going to pray for you. And we are going to have a successful and a peaceful day in Christ. Be blessed. Bye-bye.